Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. about what to share this morning. I've been prepping actually for the first of the year for a very long time. I will say that in seven years of pastoring, I'm becoming becoming more patient than I've ever been. And I was not ever famous for my patience, but now I feel like I'm one of the most patient people I know. I just choose not to know that many people. No, I'm just joking. I'm going to begin to read a bit of scripture, but the basis of it is the Israelites crossing over finally into the promised land. Kind of went back and forth, but I wanted to give the history of it because before the Israelites ever went into the promised land, they first had to break out of the bondage of Egypt. But Egypt didn't begin as bondage. Egypt began as a promise of God. The Israelites, God's chosen people, of course, were brought there through the dream of Joseph the jealousy of the brothers, which turned into a miraculous provision for the Israelites to multiply to the millions, to the point where the Bible says they were so numerous and so favored and so wealthy that they became a threat to Pharaoh. I don't know what it is, but let me tell you this. The worldly spirit that is upon this world, the spirit of Antichrist, the worldly spirit, whatever you would like to call it, has always considered the body of Christ and God's people as threats. We are a threat to the system of man. We are a threat to the system of control. We are a threat to slavery. We are a a threat to bondage. We are a threat to all the control. Even in the sense of reading in the Bible, as many of you have probably read in this final day, and you look at the nations, and you look at what's controlling the nations. When Paul wrote the Galatian letter, he said the works of the flesh, using the terminology of the word pharmakeia for sorcery. Which ultimately Revelations then backs up as John had a visitation saying that basically in the last days, the wealth of the nations is based upon the spirit of pharmakeia. And if you look at the nations right now, what is the largest moneymaker? What is, what is buying up property everywhere? It's the medical, it's the pharmaceutical companies, it's the billions of dollars, it's the threat, it's the sickness, it's the control of the masses, and yet then we'll walk in a spirit-filled believer, unafraid of everything, that can walk into a place that is contagious and see nothing but miracle signs and wonders. Are you in that number? You see, why we're a threat is because we're not controlled by fear. We're not controlled by false lies because we know truth. Truth springs within us. The spirit of truth lives within us so a lie does not have power in our lives. So we're a threat. We're a threat to those things. And that's what happened with the Israelites. Here they were. They became a threat to a world power. And so they were subdued and they were beaten down and they were forced into slavery, which ultimately in America, the average American person has had the same thing forced upon them to where we became a number. But this is the season and this is the hour. And how many people realize that we are in a war zone right now? I didn't come in here to gear up fights or anything, but I'm just telling you, we are fighting for the livelihood of this nation, for the generations to come, and even this generation right now. So who in here says, by the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, I will not yield and we will see this enemy taken down in Jesus' name. Every giant must fall in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We will see it come to pass. 
For our God is bigger than any God of this world. And you can prophesy a thousand prophets combined, but one true prophet of God that utters in his prayer closet has more power than every news organization, every channel that pumps the lies. We walk in the supernatural. So I just want to give a basis before I read this. Ultimately, God brought up Moses, a stuttering man, educated to the highest qualities, very short temper, <laughs> but otherwise an all-in-all -all good guy. Sometimes God just has to raise up a hothead. I'm just telling it like it is, you know what I'm saying? Moses was not known for his chill attitude. He was known to snap a few times, even to the point where he snapped once and God said, that's it, you ain't going to the promised land, boo. You get mad with the Egyptians, but you ain't getting mad with me. I am the burning bush. And so they escaped from Egypt because God raised up Moses. And it is interesting to think that when they escaped, God did not leave them or have them break out as slaves. He had them break out, and the Bible actually equates the fact of what happened is that all the silver, the gold, and the wealth of Egypt, the Israelites were given and taken as they left. So God gave recompense. Is that the right term, babe? Jesus, I nailed it. <laughs> recompense for years of slavery and paid them well, and there they were. They marched off to the Red Sea, where the, the greatest army that was on planet Earth at that time was coming at their door. I guess I'm just painting the picture of how we live in this modern society and how big things can get. To be totally honest with you, I realize that in the end of last year, 2021, seems like forever ago, <laughs> I was like beginning towards the end of the year to feel, I felt muddled in my mind. To where I would have to go into, into the word and I would have to pray and I had to like get the mind of God. Like I feel like too much is coming at me right now. And I began to realize it's not just something, it wasn't like a personal attack against me. It was that people around the nation right now are muddled. They're confused. They're making sporadic decisions that are not good decisions. They're being led astray. They're jumping when they shouldn't jump. They're doing all of these things. And it began to realize that we are absolutely in a spiritual fight right now. But we will not give way in Jesus' name. Amen. And we will break the back of the enemy. And everything the devil has taken from the church for the last few generations, get ready because it's about to come into our hands greater than ever before. If you believe that, give God a great big shout of praise this morning. You cannot serve God and not see increase in all areas of your lives that, did, that require increase. And so ultimately, the largest army of the world at that time drowned before the Israelites in the Red Sea and were for never, never more because the biggest threats are nothing compared to the God that we serve. Amen. And they walked across. And so we'll pick up. Of course, we know the story that then they didn't believe the reports. And I was thinking about the power of vision. That when God created Adam, he created all of the animals. But the Bible tells us that, that God made all the animals pass before Adam so that he could see them, and when he saw them, he would name them. And so vision, sometimes God gives you a vision so that you can declare that thing to be what it needs to be. Amen. And we need to be doing that in this hour now. 
Forget what is said to us. Forget the plan of man. Forget the strategies. Forget the oppression. Forget what it even looks like on paper. Sometimes you've got to take paper, wad it up, throw it aside, and just declare what will come by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Looking back, when we completed the expansion of this building, I remember thinking, now how are we ever going to tackle the debt? How do we tackle the debt and store ourselves up and believe for the next property at the, at, at the same time? And not even a year after expanding, the debt is totally eradicated and gone away. To God be all the glory. Amen. And thank you to all of you, those that have been a part of that. It's awesome to be a part of something where the Lord's hand is moving. But you can't get behind God's plan and not see God get behind your life. So I want to stir in you. As we talk about corporate vision this morning, also believe in your own personal life. You will break into areas in your life this year that you have never been able to break into before. If you believe that, say amen. Claim these things. Bump your neighbor, say, today is your day in Jesus' name. Amen. And so if you've got your Bibles, turn with me in the book of Joshua chapter 3, beginning verse 2. It says, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Thank God for a church going after the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Who in here loves the presence of God? Amen. I would rather have the presence of God in three people than lights, cameras, smoke machines, great bands with tattoos. I want the presence of the Lord. I want those moments when it sweeps in and it comes over and you're like, he's here. I live for that. And so it says, go after it. But it says, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Stop right there. I just want to say, first thing I want to, to note on this is it said put a space between you and the presence of the Lord as it goes ahead of you. The ark represented the, the, the presence of God. You can't get ahead of God. In seven years, if you looked at my vision that I wrote seven years ago, we are way behind. <laughs> way behind. I had like five campuses by now. I was in like multiple countries. I had taken over the world because if you're going to dream, dream big, somebody. Amen. There's things even in this church that for years, it's like I know there's an issue. I need to take it to another level, but I don't have the people. And so you have to learn to ignore certain things because you can't tackle everything at once. I want to encourage you guys. Maybe you've been frustrated in life. Maybe you've had that. But that doesn't mean just because you weren't able to get to it last year doesn't mean that this year will be the same. And don't let one last year, two years ago's hindrances block your vision from this year. You have grown. God has put his word in you. The anointing is strengthened upon your life. You are not the same person you were when you went into the coronavirus pandemic. You're stronger than you've ever been. Your faith has risen to another level. You've shaken off complacency. You have lost the fear of man. Come on, I'm not afraid of you guys. You can't even make up your mind. So I don't, I'm not afraid of anything you bring at me right now. And I've walked through it and God has prospered me through what you said, get ready, is going to be hell. If this is hell, give me a double dose. Because the blessing of God upon my life has increased 
and given me more than I started with. You stir it up, you're not the same person. Sure, we don't get ahead of God. But let the vision of God in your life multiply, stir and bubble up. Feed on great dreams. And stir yourself to believe we can do even greater things. Amen. But in the years to come, there's so much I want to see even in the business realm. You know, for years, I was torn in my call to business and my call to ministry. That was my fight. I was raised on a dairy farm. My granddad started a car dealership. My cousins all are car dealerships, Ford dealerships. All I knew growing up was entrepreneur world. The, the, we didn't work for people. We, we, we did our own thing, but we worked like crazy. Anybody that owns your own business knows you don't work for anybody else. You just work all the time. Yeah. You dream about the day that one next year when you can have a break, you know? And so that's how I was raised. I still see that happening in this church. I still see that God raising up an extreme network of business people in this church really knit together with vision and with faith to accomplish greater tasks that you can do individually. How many people realize some dreams are so big you need an army? As the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. Come on, somebody. It takes a lot of us. I want to see us grow in different other capacities as a church. But we, we've, we've stayed the course. And I believe that this signature of crossing over into 2022 debt-free is the Lord saying, Now, everything that you have planned, get ready because I'm about to release it upon this ministry at a greater dimension. Let me tell you something. You know what you know what it means when the blessing of God comes upon you? It means more work. It's true. Two hardest working seasons on a farm is the sowing season and the reaping season. So whether you're sowing for what's to come or you're reaping when the harvest comes, it's a lot of work, but guess what? It's good work because the blessing of God is on your side. Amen. So going into 2022, those of you that have been bored, you will not be bored anymore. If you are bored one day this year, show up at the church and we will put you to work and you will not be bored. Amen. We have something for you to do. Even if all it is is scrubbing toilets, at least you can scrub them in the joy of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Nothing like getting down and dirty in the toilet and be like, Lord, bless me. As I clean this throne, I think of your throne, God. <laughs> but it says, put a space between you. And then it says, do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go because you've never passed this way before. We stand at a time that we have never been at before. We did not get to enter into a startup church situation where we did a soft launch, kind of did meetings in a library, had some donuts on the side, and did confetti cannons and stuff like that to launch the church. We came into a war. And I remember somebody came to the church just two months after being here, and he said, hey, man, I want to join the church. And I was trying to be honest, and I said, bro, I just want to tell you, there's, there's, like, there's like ground level, and there's below ground. We are below ground. Like, we have not seen the sun in days. We are gasping for air. You know, we fell into quicksand. But I'm a man of faith, and we will get out. I mean, after the long explanation. But by faith, we will break through. 
And they were like, oh, great, maybe I'll go to another church. <laughs> no, they actually stuck it out with us, amazingly. But we've never had this. We've never been at this place before as a church. So I just want to take a moment and just let that sink in. God is so good. He is so faithful. You can face unexpected after unexpected after unexpected trial and tribulation. But if God is on your side, every bit of it will wind up the same. It will all be a testimony of what the Lord took care of. Come on, somebody. So if you're facing something right now, be encouraged because it will not destroy you. It will not break you and it will not be the end of you. It will be a testimony of what the Lord readily and ably took care of. Come on, somebody. We've never passed this way before. We move ahead into what only God truly fully knows. I have vision. You have vision. The timeline, the future harvest, what this church will become in the years to come. It's entirely in him. It's in him, and that's where we live, and that's where we move, and that's where we have our being. We don't know fully what God has in store, but I can tell you this. If we stay the course, it's going to get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And so what did he say to him regarding that? To follow the presence of the Lord, he said, sanctify yourselves. He said, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest and said, take up the Ark of the Covenant Cross over before the people. So they took the ark and they went before the people. Going into 2022, and maybe today as we burn things, make a commitment. I'm going to live a holy lifestyle. Amen. I don't care how popular it gets in the mainstream church world. I don't care how many people tell me I can live in sin and still have the blessing of God. I don't care how many people blur the lines. As for me and my house, I will ever, ever pursue the holy things of God. I will gladly be the one on my knees saying, God, forgive me. I will be quick to repent. I will come after God with all of my heart. And I've decided and fully persuaded that living for him is all that I care for in the days to come. If I'm talking to you, shout amen. Thank God for that. This is a place that believes in the holiness of God. He is holy, therefore we must be holy. Sanctify your lives. Get rid of junk. Stop watching perversion. Stop reading filth. Stop hanging out with people that do nothing but curse God and curse life. Put up a guard. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Stop speaking rubbish to your spouse. Stop speaking hell to your kids. Gird up your loins. Come on, somebody. You know what that means? We, we learned it this past year. Hallelujah. Gird up your loins in the word of God. Speak the truth over people's lives. The truth of the word of God. And stir up that up in your life and put a guard in your household. I mean, make your household a place for the sanctuary of God's presence. When you walk into your house, you should feel the anointing as you walk into the place. Come on, somebody. It should be like someone prayed all night long through there and fasted. That's what you got to live like. Let your house be the place where God resides. Hallelujah. Who believes it? His presence makes the difference. You get away from God's presence, then you've got to produce it all on your own. If you've got to produce it all on your own, you will never accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. And so then, beginning, picking up at verse 14, so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, when the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during this whole time of harvest. 
that the waters which came down from upstream literally stood still. And they rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city which is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, felled and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. And then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan. God is a supernatural God. As we burn our mortgage today and we cast the vision as I'm about to do with the vision that God gave me all, all the years ago before I came here. I want you to open your heart. I want you to open your mind. Even right now, I want you to stir yourself and say, God, going into this year, what can I do for you? Forget what can I produce for me. Forget what would really make me happy. What can I do for your kingdom, God? You have done everything for me. You have removed every obstacle. You have blessed me when I did not deserve blessing. You have healed me when my faith was small. You have watched over me when I was doing stupid things. Come on, somebody. So what can I do for you this year? And as you open yourself to that, and as I read through this vision, I want it to ignite within you. And then we will close the service, pray that everything that is necessary for this vision to come to pass will come upon the people of God in this church to see it rapidly accelerate in this, in this year. And then we're going to go take a flamethrower, <laughs> ignite a barrel, throw in a mortgage, and fire a confetti cannon. Because if you're going to party, you've got to party hard. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. The corporate vision of the church. Many years ago when I became a pastor, I was very honest with the Lord. And I told the Lord, I don't know how to pastor. I don't know what it looks like. I don't really know what they do behind the scenes. Most of them just seem like friendly dudes that drive nice cars and don't work hard. Right? How many people had that mindset that a pastor works one day a week? Right? He does not work one day a week. Now that I'm in it, I'm like, dear God, can I become an evangelist again? So I said to the Lord, I don't know how to build your church. And you know what the Lord told me? First thing, because I, I, was, I was with that. I'm like, I know that I'm a, I got to build the church because I'm not going to. I told the Lord, if, I, if you ask, want me to be a pastor, I'm not going to pastor a church that stays 10 people for 15 years. And I'm not trying to be arrogant. I just go after fruit. And so I said, so Lord, I'm, I'm faithful, but I'll just shift back to whatever. And so I said, but Lord, I don't know how to build your church. You know what God said to me? He said, Caleb, where did sheep come from? I was like, sheep produce sheep. Oh. <laughs> right? And the Lord said, all you have to focus on doing is put my word in my people and build them strong and they will grow the church. As we go into 2022, may the vision be cast before us that this is a season for this church to continue to grow. Everything that God has called us to do in this region, the stronger we are in believers, and the stronger we are in number, equips us and empowers us to do those things that God has said. Amen? So, I see a church of influence. A church whose hand reaches more than just those that come under her roof. She is a church that is known all around because of her good works that glorify God. She is a church that feeds the poor, clothes the naked, comforts the desperate, heals the sick, casts out the devil. Come on. 
and lifts up Jesus. Our opening line of vision sets us apart from 85% of the churches in America. Come on, somebody. The countless times, it's not like every day we go out and try and find a demon. It's just when, one, when a person tries to bite you in the prayer line, you know. This is a good time to get someone free. Amen. Who is grateful for the Lord's deliverance power? Come on. Hallelujah. We thank you for that. We see a church known for good works. As a church, you know, I began to realize something in my beloved Pentecostal background and spirit-filled churches. That there is sometimes an air of arrogance that comes upon them where they feel holier than others. And so they separate from the city. The Lord began to show me early on as we started this church. It's not that the city has to love you, but you have to love your city. And you have to not be ashamed of who you are. And you have to go and meet them where they're at. And so this past pandemic did something so great. Where years ago, we never had a food ministry. And we used to go to the grocery stores and we would buy people's groceries in a faith step to build a food ministry. But we didn't have it. We didn't have the workers. We didn't have the, the money. So we would buy people's groceries. Anybody who was a part of it, anybody in here that was a part of that. We used to go into Winn-Dixie and we'd buy groceries and the managers and the people would start crying. And we'd pray with people right there at the checkout. All in a faith move to believe for the day that we would have a food ministry. Now to sit there and realize that in the year of 2021, we probably had about 5,000 or more cars come through this property to be loaded down with groceries. That's amazing. And those cars, those of you that have been a part of it so often, there's two families represented, three families represented, that this church has now actually become a lifeline for people. That when we, we get messages every week, are you doing it? Are you doing it? Are you feeding it? And then through that, we prayed with hundreds of people in our, food, in, our, in our food ministry, praying with them, leading them to the Lord. And even the testimony I shared just recently of the man that had cancer on his, like a, on his nose that they prayed with for months and finally faith arose in this guy and he reached up and grabbed it and ripped it out of his nose and took pictures. We could show the pictures, but you don't really want to see them. <laughs> Let's just be honest here, people. You're like, oh, ugh, wow. Ugh. But he was healed and now his nose has grown back like a brand new nose, like a little baby. To God be all the glory. Amen. This year alone, as a, as a ministry, we saw we, we, we were blessed to be able to give away three vehicles to, to families this, 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 this year alone, not including what we did at Awake America. If you include the two at Awake America, that's five cars we gave away this year. Come on, somebody. We also gave away every month over uh, 25000 in in benevolence from this church. What we determine benevolence is to a member of this church that has a need for helping in bills, whether it be cell phone bills, electric bills, mortgage payments. We've done a lot of different things as a ministry, and I just want to thank all of you guys that are part of this, and I want you to realize that what we do collectively, you get rewards for in heaven. Amen. Amen. And so that's what I mean. It's like, when did I feed you? When did I clothe you? You did it when you did it to the least of these, Jesus said. When we're with, we as a ministry do that, and we want to see this increase this next year, where we, we create... Uh, a, a more present aid to the members of this church, but we do it to members. Yeah. Membership has benefits. Come on, somebody. We want to be there for our people. Amen. We do a lot of outreaches. And then this year alone, we gave $110,000 to missions. Oh, wow. 
because we believe in building the kingdom of God. It is an hour to advance, is it not? Come on, have you, you follow the news right now? A world-famous tennis player has been arrested and is held in an intern camp in Australia because he refuses to get the vaccine. The number one male tennis player is being refused in Australia to play and is held in an internment camp while lawyers fight to get his release because he does not want to be vaccinated, double vaccinated you have to be just to get into the nation of Australia. We're in a fight for freedom. But let me tell you something. You can take whatever you want from me. I already have more than enough because my God will supply according to his riches and glory. And at the end of the day, people say, well, how do we operate in this hour? If God needs you to be in Australia, you can walk into your closet and you will wind up in Australia. That's the God that we serve. And don't you ever forget it. Don't you limit him to be a travel agent. My God is a lot bigger than a travel agent. Hallelujah. He doesn't care about the visas of man or the passports. He can put you wherever he needs to put you right when you need to be there. And then why when they try and snatch you, you right back in your living room, sipping a hot coffee, giving God some praise. Amen. Who believes our God is a supernatural God? Hallelujah. Don't you forget it. That's why the world's always been scared of the church. You can't hold us. You can't contain us. You can put us in prison. We'll start singing. And the next thing you know, it's a revival on the streets. <laughs> That's who we are. Man, I feel fire in this place this morning. Jesus, Jesus. The Bible says these signs will follow those who believe. Who's a believer? If you believe, say amen. In my name, they will cast out demons. You mean to tell me you don't need a Bible school degree to do this? You mean to tell me that you don't need to be ordained to do this? All you have to do is believe that Jesus is Lord? And you better believe it. Because if you believe it, he's in you. And if he's in you, then everything in them has to get out. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They will speak with new tongues. We are a tongue-talking church in 2022. Get ready. Just get used to it, okay? We've heard every single argument you've ever tried to throw. Sat in every single back room. I've been lectured by three-year-olds to 85-year-olds. Let me tell you something. Stop manipulating the word to satisfy your religious spirit. Stop putting God in a box that you want him to be in because my God is bigger than your box. And I will not put my God in a box. And if he gives me a gift, I will use that gift. Hallelujah. Jesus. Boy, I feel fire in this place. <laughs> Man, cast off that restraint. Our job is not to pitter-patter for religious spirits. Jesus didn't pitter-patter for the Pharisees. He rebuked them in Jesus' name. I guess in his own name. Like the equipment. I rebuke you in Caleb's name. It's time to use third person here. Amen. You'll take up serpents. And if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Let me tell you, people have used this to twist this, to say that you can put anything you want in your body and it's okay. What this is referring to is that if you are out there and someone tries to take you out and you don't know it, you can bet that God will protect you. 
But if you are aware of things and you have a sense and you have knowledge and you have the understanding of truth, then you have an obligation to stand up for truth in this hour. Amen? And who in here, I don't, it may say you pick up serpents, but that don't mean I'm going out picking up snakes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that dude. We came to town, people were like, oh, I hear they're Pentecostals. They probably got snakes. No, we do not. You bring a snake up in here, you're going to see, I got a knife right here for said thing. Ushers, unleash the, you know, fire. We'd be like 18 shots fired to the River Claremont. Garter snake released in the service. Like, we ain't playing that game. I don't care if it's poisonous or not. You get your creepy crawly up out of here. And if I walk into a church and they pull out a snake, brother, I'm gone. I got faith. I ain't afraid, but I ain't dumb either. Like the Lord gave me common sense, and I know it's uncommon now. But I can see that this is weird. I'm just saying. I don't care if you got a stink bottle of anointing oil behind it to say that it's the Lord. That ain't the Lord. It says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Who will do that? Pastors? No, believers will do that. My God, may that erupt in your spirit right now. The world is terrified. People are sick everywhere. Stir your spirit man up. When you see a sick person today, you ought to have it erupt within you before you even know what you're doing. You're running with your hand out. Come here. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Remember years ago, I was at a Quiznos, and I was eating. I was just through the line. You know how Quiznos is. You order your, your sub. You tell them what you want. I look over, and I see a guy with a brace on his knee. I didn't even think about it. I walked right up to the guys. They're making my sandwich because, you know, Quiznos is like 10 feet wide. And I said, sir, what's wrong with your knee? And he looked at me, and he said, how do you know anything's wrong with my knee? And I looked back, and there was no brace on the knee. And I was like, wait. That knee hurts. He said, yeah, it does, but how do you know? And I, I chose at that point not to really explain that. And I just said, but it does hurt, and God's going to heal you. And I put my hand on his knee, and I prayed for him. Man, that guy stood up in Quiznos, and he was like, man, my knee doesn't hurt. And I remember, I remember turning to, to my sub people, and the sub guy making my sub was like, I mean, I had a standing ovation. And then I was like, olive, focus, focus. The Lord hath need of double meat. Didn't work. I had to pay for it. God. So it doesn't say they shall be given free meat at Quiznos. It says if you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Come on, somebody. It's our hour as believers. This next year, 2022, what I really want to see this church is may the believers in this church be an army in Claremont, Groveland, Mascot, Mineola, and may it be known all around what the Lord is doing through the members of this church. I see a church of leaders, not your nominal everyday church, but one that produces full-grown believers. Believers that rightly discern the word of truth and that pursue righteousness and holiness in their lives. She is a mature church that walks in power, purity, and passion. She is a church that duplicates herself. No doubt one of the biggest focuses I've had in the seven years here is, Lord, continue to grow me and give me the wisdom to grow people strong in their faith. We stand in a time when the pressure against a believer to conform 
to the worldly standard is so heavy that you have to know what you believe and know why you believe it and be willing to defend it. You have to stand for these things. And so uh, my prayer is, may this church be so strong that we don't give way to the pressure of man because we know why we believe it and we know the truth behind everything. And so that is why we are what we are. We love you. God bless you. But you can, if you make me choose between God and you, I choose God. 100%. Are you with me? The church to be strong, strong believers. See, so many ministries, I mean, you saw it in 2020 and 2021 where they opened back up and nobody came back because the believers were not strong. They didn't have a firm foundation. And so when things were challenged, let me tell you something. You're going to learn if you haven't done it. But as a born-again believer, it's not that God wants you to go through trials, but life will disperse trials to you freely. You will meet things that you did not plan on. You will have heartache, hardships, things that come against you that you have to make a decision. Do I still believe in the goodness of God or will I let this thing take me out? And let me tell you something. I believe that this can be a church of such strong believers that we will not capitulate or give way to the worldly spirit coming against the church in this hour. And then I said in my vision, a church that duplicates herself. Duplicates. The Lord had me write this out nearly seven years ago, or really at seven years ago. So is this the year that we see a second campus? And then what does that look like for a church like ours? Because we're not the place that puts a screen up with a 33-minute message and three songs all on the same thing. We're the place that if you're going to have a campus, it's going to have to have its own worship team going into the glory realm. It's going to have to have its own pastor coming full of fire. It's going to have to have oil thrown, demons casting out, bodies being healed. That's how we roll. We are not in the business of, let me build a social club. We're in the business of violently taking ground for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So what does it look like? That's why my focus is always, Lord, you have to help us build strong people. Because you can't send a weak Christian to pioneer a church. You can't send one that thinks it sounds like a good idea to pioneer a church. You need someone that has wrestled this thing in the midnight hour and came to the place where nothing else matters. And if it takes 50 years, I will not give way. I will stay faithful and I will break through in Jesus' name. It takes that resolve. And so we're believing that maybe this year we'll see it, that second campus. But we will pray over people. We, the Lord knows we prayed over enough people this past year sending them out. Maybe we can send them out to do another River Claremont campus. What do we even call it? We're going to have to find another Claremont somewhere? There's one in France. Who wants to live in France? Three of us. That's awesome. I hear they have good baguettes, no? Le croissant. The quiche. All I know of any foreign language is their food, so I apologize. <laughs> At least I'll never starve in a foreign country. I know how to order food. <laughs> Second Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I will say this. If the only time you feed your spirit man is on Sunday mornings, you are not strong enough. 
And I love you from the bottom of my heart, but let me challenge you. Going into 2022, create the discipline to start every day with the Word of God. Amen. Feed your spirit, man. If you're driving to work 45 minutes, you do not need to listen to the morning radio show because it is irritating and makes you upset anyway. You need to put on the Word of God or put on an anointed sermon, and you need to stir up your spirit, man, and you need to get to the place where you're praying and prophesying before you ever arrive at your place of work. Let me tell you, it matters because it will influence the lives of those around you. And you can make a difference for those around you that need hope. You can be a carrier of hope. Amen. So be diligent to show yourself approved. I see a church that, you, that affects government and commerce. One with a voice into the politics of the region and beyond. One that raises up governors, mayors, commissioners, senators, representatives, police chiefs, fire chiefs, and all facets of government leadership. Up until now, we have only seen glimpses of this. There was actually a, a two-year period where I was very heavily praying, am I the one that's supposed to go into the political realm? Not that I have a desire to, not that I think that I would be great at it, but because I believe that the church and the government has to marry right now. You read the rebuilding of the wall and the government leaders and the church leaders came together. And I've been saying it from day one that in the final days, and I know it seems like you just might as well change what you're saying, but in the final days where the government ends and where the church begins will be so convoluted because we will work hand in hand to change regions and see a great result. And I believe we can see it here locally in Claremont and Lake County. Well, let me challenge you with this. If you've been sitting here for five years praying about getting into politics in Claremont or Lake County, this is the year to get off of your blessed assurance Get your signs up in every yard and you run for this thing and believe that God will make a way where there is no way. And we're behind you to pray 100% and believe that God will see you through to it because we need to take this ground in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. We need to have a voice into every area from city council down to county commissioners, every police force, every fire force. There should be born-again believers stirred up, serving in influential positions in this place. From the school boards, come on, we can all sit here and complain about education or someone can wake up and take a call to go into that territory and turn the thing around. And I'm believing that some of you will take that call this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Is anybody here feels called into politics? Jesus, help us. For... 400 people and everybody's like, hell no. <laughs> I love life too much, Brother Caleb. I ain't going into that snake pit. You done said it. I ain't messing with those things. Jesus, help us. We got one. Well, you, 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 uh, Maris Maria, and you're interested in it. Guys, everybody stretch forth your hands right here. They were even sitting by each other. Father, we just thank you for the anointing upon them. If they awaken this call, and this year they gear up, Lord, we pray favor upon the campaign from start to finish. We pray the open door and the wisdom of God to step into this place of leadership in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to do this. We need to knit our relationships with the people of the city at a greater level. You know, for years as a Pentecostal, I did feel weird. I just, 
I felt like a weirdo. You know, we were Pentecostals. I feel everybody thinks you got a third eye, which then you come to find out there's actually teaching of the third eye in the church, and you're like, these people have done lots of this. They smoked the peace pipe way too many times, and that ain't the peace of my God. And there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on, but forget what people think about you. Love them, be real, be legit. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, but you also are filled with the love of God because the Holy Spirit is there. And you can change this region. And it doesn't matter if they think you're weird. Once they get to know you, they'll realize you're actually not strange at all. You're actually a cool person. I don't think you're weird. Your children may think you're weird. I don't think you're weird. All right? I see a church known for its fiery passion for more of Jesus. A church whose congregants are on one page. We are hungry, we are thirsty, and thus we will stay. A church that contends for the supernatural presence of God and that never takes it for granted. I see a church on a hill with a fire that burns bright against the darkness around us. That's us, man. That is us. We have got to contend for the supernatural. Come on, when is it enough? It is never enough until I'm standing in the glory room of God in heaven. Come on. Every time I meet him, it's better than the last. Every touch I get is greater than the last. He always outdoes himself. It's always life-changing. Everything you get from the presence of the Lord is life-changing. But it takes the people. That's what people miss. You build a church, you can build a church, and we've noticed it. You can build a church, advertise, great worship night, and the 800 people show up, and it'd be dead as dead. Because the number is not what makes the difference. A big crowd is not where God says, oh, yeah, give me my robe. There's actually a big group. What God moves on is faith and expectation. He moves to the blind Bartimaeus in a crowd where everybody says, shut up, that says, Jesus. He moves to that place. So if we're going to be in this church and we're going to establish this together, moving into 2022, you should come in here stirred up every Sunday, stirred up, passionately ready for God to move. Amen. Don't come in here drained and expect us to pump you back up. But if you are drained, we will pump you back up. But may the majority of us not be drained, but full of faith, full of expectation. Come on, somebody. Stirring that attitude up on the inside of us. May we be hungry for God's presence. And let me tell you something. In the years of serving God, I've realized it is ebbs and flows to this. And it's not because God ebbs. It's because I ebb. It's because I got busy, or I got lame, or I got distracted, or I got upset, or I got offended. And I had to put myself back through the secret place of God and get the word in and cry that thing out and get myself right so that I'm stirred back up and passionately pursuing God. The ebb is always my fault. It is never God's fault. People are like, we're waiting for God to pour out. We're redigging the wells of, of revival. You don't have to redig the wells. He is fresh and he's pouring out in this generation. What you have to do is stay hungry for God. And if you're not hungry, stop feeding on what you're feeding on so that your hunger can ignite once more. Amen? Who's with me right now? Be hungry for God. There's no substitute for the unexplainable, undeniable, inconceivable encounters with God. When you meet him, when you're afraid to lift your head from the carpet because he is there, you don't see him, but you know that he's there. Come on. 
when you're in a place and suddenly your hair is standing up, your heart is racing, and all you can think, you're, you're 19 years old and you're thinking, take me right now. The whole world is yours and you don't even care because you're like, this is everything. You can take me to heaven now. 19-year-olds, because he is literally everything you want. And when you get those moments, but you've got to be that, we've got to stir that in this church. Come on. It's not going to be a dead church. It's going to be a church that lets out one little whoop, and that's it. It's be a church that's hungry for God. When I traveled on the road for years, I would, I would challenge churches. And I'd say, who's hungry for God? And everybody always says they're hungry for God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not the person to be like, nah, I'm not hungry. Like, even the guy that just showed up for the first time ever in his life, he's like, yeah, I'm hungry. And so I would say, all right, if you're hungry for the Lord, give God a great big shout of praise. You know what the average hunger level of the American church is? 12 seconds. 12 seconds, the American church will give praise to God, and then they're quiet, and they sit back down because that's all they have. Bro, we got to get to the place where, man, it erupts and it goes 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 until it gets so out of hand, man, that the glory of God breaks way into place. Bodies are healed, minds are touched, supernatural explosion in the glory of God, shackles broken by
Hallelujah. You can be seated. That's what I'm talking about right there. I hear a church that has a new sound. Sounds of worship and praising pulled down my mic a little. That are upbeat and excited. Played on instruments such as banjos, violins, horns, harmonicas, ukuleles, and many more. Where is our banjo player? No banjo players? Father, right now, we call in the like eight-fingered picking banjo, what's the mate, maestro, what do you even call a good banjoer, Bubba? Call him in, call him the ukulele, who plays the ukulele? Come on, bro, you play the ukulele, we need that island style up in here. Let me tell you something. We love worship in this church. Obviously, my wife is a little bit better at singing than me. I mean, if we were to rank it, you know what I'm saying? But we traveled for so long, and we, we always would take note. Like, It's like it has become the opening credits of the service. It's where we just do it as the placeholder while the crowd arrives. People go to the bathroom, they get their coffee. And we knew when we started this church, we're like, we want to put an emphasis on the presence of God in worship. If we have to worship longer than other churches, it's not that we're trying to just spend a long time. It's that we want the presence of God brought into the place through worship. You know, worship breaks things off of you. And it's a, sometimes you just got to take that step of faith. Not challenge men. men. Men oftentimes are the ones that are the slowest to warm up into worship. Women can just break right in because they love their Father in heaven. But men are too busy being the men. I'm tough. I'm cool. I'm awesome. I don't cry. I don't dance. I don't sit at his feet and sip on his goodness. I mean, Granted, we have moved away from the sensual songs of the early 2000s to greater declaration in this place. But men, be worshipers. Break free. Jump up and dance. Lead, lead people. Men, lead into the presence of God. Amen? And then the Old Testament, the worshipers were the ones sent first into the battle. They were the bold ones. The chickens with swords were in the back. 
The people with the bows, we won't even talk about how bad those guys are. Way back. I got your back way back. Yeah, you do, bro. Those are the ones with you in spirit. You know what I'm saying? You want to be, be the trumpeter. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going in there with nothing but a trumpet. Looking that giant in the eye like, watch out. I got a D note. Ooh. Is, that, is that a thing? Okay, all right, good. Good. <laughs> But you say the one that the Dino never mentioned the Dino. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't know. But I, but I will be honest. There, there's something going on with the American worship scene that is troubling me right now. I can't put my finger on it, but something seems off. And I remember a great man of God once said to me, Son, if you ever find or feel something is slightly off, it's more off than you know it is. And so I find myself regularly going on to YouTube and pulling up meetings from the 90s and the late 80s when there was just this worship of, oh, the glory, and they would just go for hours, and there was just an ease to it, but just such a thick presence of God, where you're just, you're just like arms standing, you're just crying, and I find myself going to the African worshipers, the ones that are like, well, you know, Africa, they just, they break down strongholds, they... You know what I'm saying? They, they go after it. And I love that stuff. And so I'm finding that, and I'm like, man, Lord, give us that sound here. But of all of that, it's the sounds that we've experienced here where literally you break through this realm into that realm. And suddenly you're hearing instruments that are not in the room. You're hearing a choir that is not on the stage. And we've had those moments there, and in those moments, you're like, Jesus is so awesome, it's so real, it's so life-changing, and you never want to leave that place, and you realize what heaven's about, like it is the most satisfaction, most undeniably glorious, I mean, you don't, you want a thousand years of that, because it's everything wonderful all at once, and that's what we live for, a house of worship. So know this from our heart as a church, as we grow, as we go, we've We've had to, in the years, we've tried to protect our worship, tried to get the right people. And Lord knows, sometimes we find out we had the wrong person and the wrong motive. But we've actually put an emphasis on that, trying to be like, we don't want to just chase talent. We want to get people whose heart is after God. We're not here to perform. We're here to get into his presence. If we're going to worship lead, we're leading to him, not to us. Not to a label, not to a name, not to a following. We're leading to him. Amen. And if that leads to something where more people know it, that's fine. But at the end of the day, it's about him. Amen. This is a place for worship. Amen. Amen. May it always be a house where you feel free to worship. The testimonies of people saying, I came forward, I knelt, and I worshiped and broke free, blesses my heart. You come in heavy one day, don't sit in the back and stay heavy. You come right up here in the front, and you jump even when you don't want to feel like jumping. You know what? At least you're in a church where no one thinks it's weird. I've been kicked out of churches for clapping, people. Clapping. You can clap up in here all you want. We have people shouting. Remember that one time that one guy shouted, bless all of our hearts so much. Thank you for your broken bloody body, Lord. We were in a worship, intense worship. I mean, in the presence of God was in the place. And right when the band got quiet, someone waited to that moment 
to shout out those exact words. Thank you for your broken, bloodied body, Lord. And we were all kind of like... It's true, but it, that, yeah, that, 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 hit, that stung, you know what I'm saying? You could hear it on the broadcast, they shouted it so loud. We always go for it. Pressing into his presence, there's such a cloud of his presence that comes in worship. It's not like you see the cloud, but you feel the cloud, and it changes the entire atmosphere. Amen. I hear a church with a message, a message sounded until she's blue in the face. Get ready because he's coming back soon. He's going to return when you do not expect him to, so make yourself ready now. I hear a church that can tell the truth and not back down for popularity. Amidst all the uncertainty and the hyper-control in this hour, I want to say, as we've always said in this church, we're not catering to what you say. I don't care about your 34 variants. I don't care about your 16, 17, 18 booster shots. I don't care about the threat. I don't care about the numbers you created. I don't care about the articles you writ, wrote. I'm not believing your insurrection reports. I was there that day. You are liars from your father, the devil. And we will stand for truth, and that might not be popular, but I don't care. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to color it anything else. This is what's going on. There is an attack against humanity. And we as the church are going to rise up. And we're going to take our place as people unashamed of the truth of the word of God. And we will call it what it is. We will call a spade a spade. We will call a liar a liar. We will stand for truth. And if you're going to release whatever you release, release it now. And let me tell you something. You better, you better pray to your devil, Father, that it has an effect. Because it ain't going to break the back of the church. And we're going to continue to be a threat until Jesus takes us home. Amen. We're not catering. We were talking about that with the staff just the other day. The pressure people have been put under right now. The, the shaming to wear masks, to do this, to wear all of this. Care about others. You don't care about others if you don't do this. It's all lies. You're contagious if you feel good. You're not contagious if you feel good. Come on, somebody. And even if you are, Omnicron is basically the toll. Devil's a liar. We, we got more than one microphone, devil. You can't shut us up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I don't need anything from the U.S. government anyways. You can take your treasury packages. You can take your bailouts. You can roll them up. You can smoke them yourself or give them to Hunter Biden. But I don't need them and I don't want them because my God is my source. He has more than enough. He's lined his streets in gold and his gates are made of pearls. The silver and gold is his. The earth is his footstool. That's the government that I belong to. You can't shut it down. You can't vote him out. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty victorious one. And so I have officially tuned out.
I don't care what you're saying anymore. None of it matters. It's not even applicable to life. People are still living. Well, everybody's dying. Well, our traffic has gotten worse. So what happened there? I mean, I know I have these rants and not everybody thinks it's proper, but I do it because I believe the truth does matter. I don't do it to garner support. I don't do it because it's cool. I do it because it does matter to take a stand. And they have tried to shame people to, be, to, to buy into the lies, but we will not shame you here. You can shout it from the rooftop until the whole world knows. The only word we listen to is this word right here. And we are not turning to wicked people. We're not turning to evil people to tell us what Jesus would do. You don't know what Jesus would do because you don't know who Jesus is. I know who Jesus is, and I know what he's done in me, and I know what he's going to do in this generation. And so hear me when I say what Jesus will do. Jesus will tear down the religious strongholds. He'll break the back of the devil. He'll set the captives free. He'll heal everybody. He'll provide like only he can provide. He is a life giver. He is a life giver. He is a life giver. He gives life. He breathes upon generations. He breaks through. That's what Jesus would do. And I'm doing everything I can to be like my Father in heaven. If that's you, shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're not in a popularity contest. We don't care if you shut down our social media. We don't care if you shut down our Instagram. None of it is what we're trying to build. We are building a kingdom that is unshakable. Let me tell you something. The fight, what you got to realize, the fight is a spiritual fight. Why are people so blindly lying? Even you've got to know they believe they, they, to the point where you're aware of what you're doing. It's because it's a spiritual fight. And the only way to win is through the spirit of truth to be declared. And that is our job. If you're a part of that, shout amen. amen. Come on, somebody. We either take ground or we go home. But let me tell you, either way is a win for us. Right? We're going to shout Jesus until a nuclear bomb takes us out, but at least then we're still going into glory. <laughs> People are like, he says the weirdest things. Myrtle, grab your bag. I'm not certain about this kid. I hear a church that prays. <laughs> not a weak, half-hearted prayer that avails nothing. Not a prayer that is asked to miss. She's a church that prays and touches heaven and allows heaven to touch her back. She believes that God loves her and rewards her when she diligently seeks him. Going into 2022, we have for the last multiple years had prayer every Wednesday. Midweek prayer. We believe in prayer. This past year, he was a part of our all-night prayer meeting. Who loved that? That's, wow, not many. We must have prayed all the rest of you guys in here tell you, I, I, it's tough. I like to sleep. Who likes to sleep? To give up sleep, it was pretty funny by the end. And we were trying to get short bursts of excitement in prayer. I just feel like the Lord is saying, calm. Calm now. Enter thy into thy place of rest. He gives his beloved sleep. Yes. 
But we wanted to rebring back something we did when we first started this church where we used to pray for three hours pretty regularly as a church. Prayer availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. For everything that is declared and every strategy and every threat, we need to be praying against it. Amen. Even the confusion and the stress and the uncertainty and the mark your calendars on January. See, I wrote it down here. Where did I write it? January 30th, the last Sunday of this month, we're going to do a super Sunday where that evening we're going to come back just three hours of prayer, 5 to 8 p.m. It's an open time slot, and we're going to start doing this regularly because we need to pray again as a church, corporately. What does that look like? Let me tell you something. What, is, what are you going to see when you walk into our prayer meeting? We are a Pentecostal church. We pray like the Bible tells us to pray. We pray in the spirit and we pray with understanding. We sing in the spirit and we sing with understanding. So you could walk in and one person with a microphone could be sitting up here having a Holy Ghost. And then they're going to pray in understanding. And the person beside you may break out in tongues and then pray in understanding. That's what we do because the spirit directs us in that capacity. We're not ashamed of it. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're at the right place. You can get it too. Amen. He is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. And if you've never had that encounter this year, you're going to have that encounter in Jesus' name. Amen. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're not ashamed. We pray. We believe. We need revival to shake America. Come on, somebody. If God doesn't move, let me tell you, in the, if left in the hands of the people it's in right now, it is only going to get worse. But if we take control by the power of the Holy Spirit and guide this ship back to where God wants it, let me tell her not back, but wherever he wants it. Amen? Because it doesn't need to go back to anything. It needs to go where God needs it to go. Because where it was before wasn't that good either. Come on, somebody. So mark your calendars. We're going to be a church that prays this year. And moving forward, that's something to pray into the campuses, the, the introductions, the callings. As we're talking about corporate vision, corporate vision of a church is individual callings of people. And so there's people in here, you're, you're a true intercessor. All of us are called to pray. But there are some of you that it comes upon you. God gives you visions. God gives you dreams. You pray from a place of great depth, that inner part. You need to be in the place. Don't just pray at home. Bring it in here. If you need prayer, our pastors will be at Super Sundays praying. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. We'll speak over your life. I mean, it is a, lot, it is a night to get breakthrough. No worship team, no introduction, just straight up. You better come in geared up, ready to rock and roll. Amen. We'll have water. We'll have coffee because everybody knows coffee and the anointing is how you get every job done. I must say this a lot because so many people bought me coffee for Christmas. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I have never been more caffeinated than I am currently right now. I haven't slept in three weeks and I feel great. Just brew another pot, baby. No, I love it. It's a blessing. Amen. I know a church that has a love, a love that is not from this world but beyond, a love that is felt, heard, and seen by all that are in need of it. It is the true love of Christ, a love that counted death and sacrifice as a joy in hopes of gaining a relationship with you. I know a church that loves. Moving forward as we grow, you, you have to put it in your culture that we are a church of love. We're moving and getting ready to go outside and blur, burn some stuff. Amen. 
But so many people have came into this church and said, you know what? We feel the love of God so strong in the place. Sometimes people say, well, you can do that in a small church. Well, we're not a small church anymore, but it's still present because it's part of our DNA and that's what we believe. May we be a church that loves. Yes, love does not mean you agree. We don't have to agree on everything. I don't agree with, 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 with things all the time with people, but that doesn't mean I hate you. doesn't mean I get offended, but it means I love you. I love you. That's how you challenge. That's how beliefs get strengthened. That's how things get more diverse. And so we, we're not afraid of that, but we're going to love God and we're going to tell the truth. Amen. And the only thing we're looking for, the plumb line of this church, is the word of God. Amen. So, I forgive, I give, I pray, and I treat others with honor and respect. I serve and I care. That's what love is in this church. I know a church whose heartbeat is not found in its building or its decor. Its heartbeat is the heartbeat of heaven. Souls, souls, and more souls. A church that's not so earthly minded but eternity minded. A church that counts the cost but also pays it in order to win or gain more for Christ. Souls is something that we're going to go after with a vengeance this year. I'm believing, and I said it already, may we get more souls saved this year than in the previous years combined. We have got to build the kingdom of God. This year, we got to grow as a church in number. Let's believe that we double. Our pastor, Pastor Rodney, said this is the year of the double. Let's believe the river doubles, and we're a 1,000 strong this year. Who believes God can do it? thousand people a weekend through this church but let me tell you if we're going to build to a thousand strong this week year we need everybody to be a part of that but i would rather build with the majority the major percentage being new believers than just being taken from other churches or transplants there are people all around this region within miles that are crying out to god even right now saying lord if you're real send someone to tell me who you are we need all hands on deck this year so let me tell you something, soul winners, it's time to shake off complacency, it's time to shake off busyness, we all busy, you know what I'm saying? We need to shake off busyness, shake off laziness, shake off fear, shake off all of that, and say this year, I'm getting someone saved, I'm getting someone sanctified, if Jesus said I'm supposed to make a disciple, I'm going to find that disciple this month, I'm going to disciple him up. Come on, if everybody in this church made one disciple and duplicated yourself, we'd be a thousand strong. Already right there. So it's right there at the cuff, but the key is souls. We've got to win souls. So we're bringing back Wednesday night's church on the streets. Come on. You want to come this Wednesday, hear the vision? We're changing things up, though. We're doing things in a different way to this year to go after souls and to try and target Claremont at a greater area. We're bringing back some targeted things we used to do in the years previous where we used to go the McKinney Park area and we would hit it with the love of God door to door, door to door. We're going to start going in that region bringing grocery cards from Publix or, or Winn-Dixie because Publix $50 gets you a, a milk. <laughs> like half drink, you know what I'm saying? We're going to half drink one in the back. I'll give it to you for 50 bucks. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why Publix is expanding right now. Anyways, moving on. 
We're going to go through there door to door giving grocery cards and praying with people and stirring people and doing that, ministering to people. Because we have a bus and we've been trying to establish a bus ministry. But we're going to establish that this year. And if you're hearing this and you're like, I want to be a part of that, like literally changing people's lives and getting disciples, then step up and be a part of this thing. Wednesday night, 6.30, you can come hear the vision. We're also going to start doing things we used to do where we would go to restaurants. Something that we used to do years ago. And we would all eat out as a friend's family of the church, have a great time. But we would have a budget and we would walk in the restaurant and we would buy $300 worth of meals and go around to the table saying, this meal's on Jesus today. We just want to tell you that God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And we would pray with him right there. Man, we saw such fruit from that. People, people would be crying at the tables. Managers would be crying. We're bringing that back. 2022, all things off. We're going after Claremont, Lake County. We're going with all that we've got, man. Hallelujah. So if you want to be a part of that, that's Wednesday night. Some Wednesday nights we'll do that. Some we're going to go out in, in, the, in the area. Some we're going to try when it gets more light out door to door. But ultimately, it's a year to win souls. Amen. So come be trained up. Be bold and listen to how we can do it. And God will use you in great ways. This Wednesday, you can hear the vision. By January 19th is the full-on launch of Church on the Streets again, where we will have teams every single Wednesday going out, winning souls, and getting people saved. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. I know a church that has a name from heaven to hell. The angels in heaven fight by her side, and the devils of hell flee when she arrives. I know a church that has been raised up as a standard when the enemy came like a flood. Let me tell you something. Not everybody in Claremont has yet heard of the river. Not everybody in Lake County has. But I can promise you this, we have gained the attention of hell. Hell knows who we are, and heaven knows who we are. And that's, that doesn't, it's so nothing else matters. As long as God knows we're here, he called us for this hour. We stay true to the call of God for this place, and everything God has called us to walk into and to be, to establish the vision, to build his kingdom, to be unashamed of the glory and the presence of the Lord, and to build ourselves upright and strong and live holy lives that we glorify God. God will Continue to pour out in this house. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.